Thanks for joining us on this week's Real Life Church Podcast. We'd love to know if God is using this ministry to bless you in some way. And if you'd like to share your story or know more about getting involved at Real Life Church, you can visit us on our website at livereallife.com today. We're going to continue our series called From Here to There. And today is uh, it's part five, actually, and we're going to be talking about the more of God. As we talked uh, a few weeks of shifting into our purpose, shifting into our destiny, shifting out of fear and shifting into faith. We did that for two weeks. And, and today I want to talk to you about on your journey of life from here to there, wherever your here is, journeying to your there, there is a more of God. There is a, a moment, there is time as you progress towards the there that there is a more of God. But I will tell you the key to more of God is making room for God. When you make room for God, you will experience the more of God for your life. And so, again, whenever you make room for the more of God, all of a sudden there comes this exponential outpouring of God in your life, in your family, in your community. And so we need to prepare now, as we prepare now for what God has prepared for us. There is a preparation, and the Bible's very clear, that God has prepared some things in advance of us. And uh, in Ephesians chapter 2, verse number 10, it says this, for we are God's handiwork, his masterpiece. Everybody say masterpiece. Come on, you are his handiwork. You're not a piece of work. You're his handiwork. You are his masterpiece created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. God has prepared in advance for us to do some really good works. God has, has called us as people on the earth that we would partner with him to do some really cool things and do some really awesome things that he has prepared for us. And I believe that God has more for you. I believe God has more for you. I believe God has more for our church than we really know. I don't think we've come into our full potential as human beings, as people that understand the full potential of what God has for our life. There is a work that he has prepared in advance that we should walk in that. So listen, it's in advance. It's in front of you. That means you can no longer look behind you in order to walk into the advanced things that God has already prepared for you in advance. If you're going backwards, you're going in the wrong direction. So it's time to let go of the past and move forward into your future. There is more out there. I believe God, is the, this past couple weeks, God has just stirred in my heart that God is, is, is going to change the spiritual climate of our city. He's going to change the spiritual climate of our region. He's going to change the spiritual climate of our, of our county. And there's, there's 300 and, I don't know, 73,000 people that represent this. And so I want you to understand something today, that I believe God is going to use our church to do that. I believe that God is not just going to use our church. I believe he will use many churches because his heart is for people. His heart is for transformation. And God invites us into this. He invites us into what he has already prepared for us. Man, isn't that good to know that God has prepared a work for us. God has prepared uh, us for something. But then all of a sudden we have to understand that, that he invites us into that process. He invites us into that work, and I believe God is getting ready to do some things. As, you, as we have been given a divine invitation into opportunity, 
God has invited us into this divine invitation into opportunity. I look through the scripture and I see how Joseph prepared for the famine in Egypt. There was a preparation that took place and and we prepare now for what God has already prepared for us. We make room for God. We, We have the more of God in our life. Joseph prepared for the famine in Egypt. Noah prepared for the coming flood that would hit the earth. David prepared to defeat Goliath. Nehemiah built a wall preparing for the exiles of Israel to come home. The widow prepared for the jars to be filled with miraculous provision. The disciples prepared the people for the miracle, for the fish and the loaves. And Jesus says, I've gone to prepare a place for you. What is is God communicating? That preparation is important. Prepare now for what God has already prepared for you. What were they doing in the Bible? They were making room for more. So here's the big idea this morning. It's really simple. God has more for us than we can imagine or think according to Ephesians 3.20. And when we make room for the more of God, he fills the space. When, when we make room for the more of God in our life, he fills the space. You know, Israel was a portable nation. They were a portable nation. They were campers. How many campers in here? Anybody camp? I mean, like, rustic, like tents, you know, campers. Nobody? Three, four people? Okay, three, four people, good. <laughs> you guys like hotels in this church, don't you? You're like, I ain't getting out there with all them cicadas. You know what I'm talking about? Anybody tried to mow the grass with the cicadas? Anybody had the, had the problem of seeing your lines crooked for the first time in your entire life? I'm like, what in the world? You see people out on their tractor, like, boxing the air. <laughs> I met some girl. She was at the gas station. She was riding a ninja motorcycle. And I asked her, I said, man, you, you know, there's cicadas. What's happening? She said she got throat punched by a cicada last week on her motorcycle. She said it felt like a rock hit her right in the throat. I said, well, <laughs> You know, that's, that's kind of scary. You know, I'd hate for you to go down with a cicada in your throat. <laughs> um, and so, uh, just think about, I don't know why I'm talking about that part, but it's okay. We're just going to go with it, all right? Um, but they, they, these people were making room. And so, the Bible tells us that Israel was a portable nation. They were campers, per se. And uh, they were told, in the Old Testament, they were told to follow the cloud. And this cloud would sit over the top of the tabernacle, and it was what they would call the presence of God. And during the day, the presence of God would be over the children of Israel as a cloud. It would be their air condition during the day. And at night, it says that it would be a pillar of fire. It would be their heat source during the evening to keep them uh, warm during the cold evenings. And, and the Bible says that, that there come a time in Israel's life where, where they would move a lot. And whenever the cloud would move, the Bible says whenever the cloud would take off, that you had to pack up your tent because everybody was tent camping. And, and they had all the 12 tribes of Israel, and they were all in this campground. And, and what happened was is, is when the cloud would move, that they had to pack everything up really quickly, and they were told to follow the cloud. Now, if you didn't follow the cloud, you would die in Egypt. You would die in the place where you were staying. You wouldn't make it out because of the presence of God. If you didn't follow the presence of God, no matter where the presence of God was taking you, that if you didn't follow the presence of God and you stayed back, you would end up dying. You wouldn't make it. If you got stuck in the camp, if you, if you put your tent up and you staked it into the ground and, and, and you got inside the tent, and, and, oh my God, let's do it. 
If you were inside your tent and everything else, you know, you come out of the tent and uh, uh, all of a sudden you come out one morning and the cloud has disappeared, the cloud has moved, and, and all of a sudden you know when you come out of the tent you, in early in the morning, you can see that the cloud is getting ready to move. There's something happening. And so what you do is you get your family together, you pack up your belongings, and you start on this journey following this cloud, following God. But so many people today are not following God. They're comfortable in their tent. They're comfortable staying back in Egypt. They're comfortable having those tent pegs deep down into the earth to where nothing can move them out of their stuck place. And and, and what we want to understand this morning is we want to follow God. If we're going to have the more of God, we're going to have to uproot our tent pegs, and we're going to have to pack up our camp and stuff, and we're going to start to follow the presence of God. God fills the space. Listen to Isaiah 54, 2 and 4. He says this, enlarge the place of your tent, stretch your tent curtains wide, do not hold back, lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes, for you will spread out to the right and to the left, your descendants will dispossess nations and settle in their desolate cities, do not be afraid, you will not be put to shame. And again, so he tells them, listen, you need to enlarge the place of your tent, So in order to enlarge the place of your tent, you're going to have to move, you're going to have to uproot, you're going to have to unstake what you've been stuck to. You're going to have to pull up, see, because there's a lot of folks that are stuck. They're still stuck in 2020. There's folks that are still stuck in brokenness. We're still stuck in loneliness. We we like our comfortable place. Oh, no, we're not going to come out of our comfortable place in order to move in the direction that God has for us. But I will tell you this, that if you don't step out of your tent and your comfortable place, you will never experience the more of God on the journey from here to there. Bottom line. He says, enlarge the place of your tent. I love this passage in Numbers 9. It's not on the screen. I added it. It says this, it remained that way continually. The cloud would cover the tabernacle by day. The tabernacle, that's us in the New Testament. And at night it would appear like a fire. And whenever the cloud was lifted from above the tent, the Israelites would set out. And wherever the cloud settled, the Israelites would camp. And at the Lord's command, the Israelites set out. And at the Lord's command, they camped. And as long as the cloud remained over the tabernacle, they remained encamped. I wonder how many people are living in a tent without the cloud. We come out, Bible says we don't even know sometimes that the Holy Spirit has left us. We, we live in a way that <clears throat> we live these stuck lives and we don't take risks from here to there. And we live inside of our tents, inside of our comfort zone, and we're staked down really good in this place. And, and I wonder that we come out and we don't even recognize that the presence of God has moved. The number one, I believe, deception of the will of God for your life is this thing called hesitation. Hesitation is the killer of the destiny of God, and we're not will, if we're not willing to pull up our, our tent pegs and enlarge the place of our tent, God has nothing to fill. See, when you're stuck at one place, he's already filled you. You're already filled here. It's on the journey that you are filled and being filled again, because the journey requires multiple, all the time, more of God refillings in your life. If you're stuck in the same place, you don't need faith for this place. Like, you can have a concept of what faith may be, but if you're not willing to pull up your tent peg and move your tent, you don't really need faith. If you're not willing to step into the next step that God has for you, you don't need more faith. You're good. Whatever got you to this point will keep you there, 
until you build to the place that you're willing to take a risk to step into the presence of God in the next phase. Galatians 4.28 says it this way, now you, my friends, are children of the promise like Isaac. And so I think about that, that God has called us as children of the promise and how much limitation because we're not willing to enlarge the tent. We're not, we're not willing to make, uh, make room for God. How many of us are living below our potential? How many of us are living below the design and the destiny that God has for us? What limitations have we placed on ourselves? 2 Corinthians 10, 13, there is a word here that means, there's three words that mean one word and it's this. We, however, will not boast beyond measure, but within the limits of the sphere which God has appointed us. The word measure is also the word limits and also the word sphere in the original language. And it's the word metron. It means a measured boundary, a potential inheritance. Everybody said potential. A potential inheritance, a capacity. It's the limits that God has, has served. And so it's the God limits. It's the God boundaries, not human-made boundaries. And he says, this is how we measure our lives. This is how we look at our lives and go, okay, what areas are we stuck in that we need to pull up our tent pegs and move where the cloud is, is taking us? You know, I wonder when God spoke to the children of Israel, and he specifically spoke to a man by the name of Moses. What was God's motive when he spoke to Moses when he told Moses, I want you to go to Pharaoh. Listen, what he's telling Moses is, I want you to, you, you've been uh, this guy that makes all these excuses, and you've been very comfortable being Moses. Just Moses the guy. Moses, uh, you know, uh, Jethro's uh, uh, son-in-law, and you, you've been comfortable doing that. But he said, there's something, Moses, that I want you to do. And he said, I want, you to up, uh, I want you to uproot your stuck mentality, and I want you to go into Pharaoh, and I want you to tell him, let my people go. And I thought to myself, what in the world? Why, why did God do that? Is it because Moses, Moses is such a hot shot, or Moses is such, uh, he's such a great guy? No, Moses, Moses was not the guy you would choose to go talk to the king. You would not choose Moses to go talk to Pharaoh. So what was God's motive? Why did God choose Moses? Why did God choose Moses? Because it wasn't about Moses. God's motive for choosing Moses was his people. And what God wants to do is God wanted to stretch Moses. He wanted Moses to pick up his tent pegs of his limited small thinking, and he challenged him in, a, in an encounter, and he said, I want to use you. You're not just Moses. You're Moses the deliverer. He started calling him something that he didn't see him. What was he doing? He was telling him, listen, you're a deliverer. I want, you to up, I want you to uproot those tent pegs that have kept you as just Big Mo. Now you're not just Big Mo. Now you're Moses the Deliverer. And I know you can't see it, and I know you can't understand it, but I need you to uproot your tent pegs, and I need you to move in this direction, because when you move in this direction, it's not about you, Moses. It's about three million people that need to be set free. And all of a sudden, as Moses starts moving in this direction, the motive of God is in his, his Exodus chapter 3, verse 7 through 10, says this. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people. I've heard them crying out, and I am concerned about them. Right there's the motive. He said, I've seen the misery of my people. Listen to me today. I believe that same heart is, man, is, is happening in the earth today, in the lives of people, that you hear the heart of God, and God is, God is concerned about his people. He said, I've heard them crying out. I've seen them in their misery. 
I believe God is still seeing people in their misery. He's not the big guy in the sky that's judging us in the moment and condemning us. No, his heart breaks for humanity, the ones that he created and the ones that he died for. And he's trying to tell Moses that, that your heart to see the people set free is also my heart. And he says this, so I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of, out of the land into a good and spacious land. What was he doing with Moses? See, Moses thought his temporary existence was his permanent capacity. He thought his temporary existence of being just Moses was his permanent capacity. Now, I wonder how many of us are living inside of our lives stuck, and we're in this place, and we think that our permanent, uh, our, excuse me, our, our temporary existence when we're supposed to be following God and we're supposed to be temporary in a place, that I wonder how many of us that the temporary existence in our life have considered it a permanent capacity, that this is all God has for me. You know how many times I've thought about that? You know how many times I've thought about, is this all there is? See, Moses thought, he thought his current place and stage, he, at stage of life, he would be at forever. He never thought that he would be able to move out of this, just being Moses and move into being a deliverer. So what are some keys to enlarging your capacity? What are some keys to uprooting the stakes that you have driven so deep in the ground? And some of you, these stakes started off as good, and now they're bitterness their unforgiveness, they're painful, and, 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 and there they are. They're in the ground, and they're, they're immovable, and it's time, for, it's time for you to uproot those things. So how, how what are some keys to enlarging your capacity or moving your tent pegs? Is number one, you got to come close to the fire of God and listen. you got to come close to the fire of God and listen, and this, this is what Moses experienced. He was just Moses, and there he was walking along, and all of a sudden this bush started talking to him. It says that the bush was on fire. Now, how many of you know in modern-day society, if you're seeing bushes talk, you're on a few things. Not just one thing, a few things, if you see bushes talk. So there they are, the fire of God, and it says the voice of God spoke to Moses in this bush, and he tells him, hey, Moses, take off your shoes, for this is holy ground. All of a sudden, he has this encounter with God at the burning bush is what it's called, and he has this encounter. But listen to me, here's the problem. The only reason Moses heard what God was saying was he was close enough to the fire, and he listened. Some of you aren't even close to the fire. You don't even know what a prayer closet is. You can't hear what God wants you to do if you're not close to the fire. He's speaking in that place of prayer. He's declaring in that place of prayer. So listen, why do we never again, why do we never step into, the, into our capacity? Is we're not close enough to hear. But here's the cool thing, God's always talking. God's always speaking. But the reality is, is we have to get close enough to hear. The Bible says in Exodus 3, 3 through 4, says Moses said to himself, this is amazing. Why isn't that bush burning up? I must go see it. And when the Lord saw Moses coming to take a closer look, notice what didn't happen. Moses, God did not speak to Moses when he was afar off. 
he had to get close enough to hear. The Bible says that the Spirit of God is a still, small voice. You will never hear. You will never enlarge your capacity unless you shut some stuff out and get close to the fire of God and the presence of God and listen to what he's saying. See, Moses, it says, when the Lord saw Moses coming to take a closer look, God called to him from the middle of the bush, Moses, Moses. Can you imagine that moment? The bush, Moses, Moses. Dear God, I hope he had depends on, because I know for real. Can you imagine that moment? God himself speaking, Moses, Moses. Moses was just walking along, and he's like, this bush is on fire, and he gets a little closer. I want to go where God's speaking. I want to go where God is moving. Number two is this. Replace, if you're going to enlarge your capacity, replace your who am I with who is with me. Replace your who am I and who is with me. Moses did that, Exodus 3.11, it says, but Moses said to God when he told him you're gonna be a deliverer, Moses said to God, who am I? Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? Listen, his, his focus was his inability. His focus was his lack of faith. His focus was his mistakes. His focus was being disqualified. And if he was not careful in this moment, he would have stayed in the tent. He never would move in the direction that God has for his life because it was, who am I? Who, who am I? Exodus 3.12 says this. This is what God tells him. But I will be with you. Come on, man. It says, this is, but I will be with you. When God is calling, when God is calling us to do this, this, what God is calling us to do from moving from here to there, he will be with us. Exodus 3.14 says this, God said to Moses, I am who I am. Hear me this morning. He says, I am who I am. And he said, he said this, he said, you shall tell the children of Israel this, I am has sent me to you. Who, when you go stand before Pharaoh, it's not who am I, it's who is with me. When you stand before Pharaoh and talk to Pharaoh that you need to, that God has commanded you to let my people go, all of a sudden, it's not who am I, it's who is with me. He says, I'll be with you, I'll walk with you through the fire and through the flood. I'll, I'll, they will never kindle upon you, nor will you drown, because I will be with you. I am who I am. And you know, I am who I am means this. I am who I am means I am who I am. And I am means this. If I don't have any, if I don't have what you need, I am who I am. I have the ability to make anything you need for your destiny, so I am who I am. So if you're caught up in you, you're going to stay stuck in the tent. You'll never pull up the pegs and enlarge your place of dwelling. Move in the direction of the cloud and the presence of God. Number three is this. Two more and I'm closing. Two more. Replace the negative, what if, with what if God. Replace the negative, what if, with what if God. Exodus 4.1 says this. Moses answered, what if they do not believe me? Or listen to me and say, the Lord did not appear to you. You know, when we were starting this church uh, almost 10 years ago, you know, when we started, uh, God, God began to move in my heart. And in the first service, we had 187 people here. The next week, we had 60. 60 people set up all this craziness. Well, not even 60. We had 60 people show up on that Sunday. You know how many times in my heart, what if I, I said things like, what if no one comes? What if no one serves? What if no one gives? What if people leave? What if people don't like my style? What if people don't like the worship? What if people don't like this? And what if people don't like that? What if? But I had to switch some things. When I got in my prayer closet and I got closer to the fire, all of a sudden I said to myself, what if God? 
What if God came and filled the room? What if God came and delivered people? What if God came and saved people? What if God gave people a purpose? What if God gave people a mission? What if God heals bodies? What if God delivers people? What if worship is amazing? What if people can, all of a sudden I had to say, what if God? Instead of laying up an excuse of, what if? What if, what if? We need to change it to what if God. And number four is this. Replace your sin someone else to here I am. Send me. Come on, church. The greatest statistic that the church is facing right now is 98% of people that claim to be Christ followers have never led anyone to Jesus. Why? Because you're waiting on me to do it. You're waiting on the professional people to do it. You're waiting on the pastors to do it. You're waiting on the evangelists to do it. But wait a minute. The Bible says we've been all called into this ministry of reconciliation. That we're all part of the body of Christ. And I know right now you guys are sweating. It is hot in this room. I don't know if the air condition is broke. But I am sweating. Fire of Jesus. I'm just trying to get you closer to the fire of God, people. Sweat it off. This is the only day. This is my weight loss program, Sundays. <laughs> Replace your sin, someone else, to here I am, send me. Exodus 4.12 says, now go. I will be with you as you speak. I will instruct you in what to say. But Moses again pleaded, Lord, please send someone else. Send someone else. Here I am, Jeremiah said. Send me, send us. Send us. Isaiah 54 forces this. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. You're not going to be put to shame. Don't hold back. You're not going to come up short. God started it. He will finish it. And all I need is a yes. All I need is a yes. All I, all I need is a yes, God. Here I am. Send me. So we're here on this Sunday, on June 13th, 2021. And our mission here at our church is really simple. It's to help people take next steps to become passionate, thriving followers of Jesus. This is our mission. Is that we wanna help people take next steps to become passionate, thriving followers of Jesus. Our vision here is that we want people to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. We want you to know God. We want you to get free. Get in groups and get free. Relationships are important. We want you to discover your purpose. Go to Starting Point. That's happening today. Make a difference. Join a serve team. Make a difference. Get involved in our outreaches that are coming. That's our, that's our vision. The scripture the Lord gave me all the way back almost 10 years ago, not on my fast, but when I was uh, meeting with our, our lead team, was 1 John 5.12. Whoever has the Son, this was the motivator. This is what the Lord said. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have God's Son does not have life. So why are we here? We're here as a church to help people take next steps to become passionate, thriving followers of Jesus because we understand that whoever has the Son has life, has real life. But whoever does not have God's Son does not have real life, does not have life. So our mission as a church is to help people find real life. So here's our history. I want to take you down memory lane for a moment. 2008. I started feeling a transition to change out of the place I was at. The Lord started speaking to me, and I had this, this thought. I never thought I would plant a church. 
I went to my pastor and I started, I started sharing with him about what the Lord had placed on my heart. Well, in 2008, he was in a motorcycle accident. And I thank God it wasn't the conversation we had. It was, his bike malfunctioned and he had a motorcycle accident in 2008. And through this, this time when he was recovering and Miss Jackie was coming out of coma and being, and they're perfectly normal today. Uh, his back grew back so strong that they took the metal out of his back. Supernatural miracle. Well, during 2008, the Lord said to me, I want you just to hunker down for the next two years and I want you to serve Pastor and Miss Jackie. So I did. 2010, I started to feel uh, a transition in my heart. Again, I began to revisit it with Pastor and we had our conversation and I went on a 40 day fast. Now I want you to understand something. <laughs> That's not normal for me, 40 days of fasting. So I went on this 40 day fast and I just asked the Lord, Lord, what do you want to do? How do you want to do it? Where do you want to do it? What do you want to do? It's so on this 40-day fast. I began to seek the Lord. And I was sitting at 73 and 741 on day 40 because God knows he wouldn't speak to me on day 7. He'd make me go the full 40, you know what I mean? Like, why can't we be earlier, you know? And then he throws that whole Daniel thing up. You know, we're fighting principalities. I'm like, that's fine, but I'm fighting cheeseburgers down here. All right. <laughs> They're trying to deal with it. And so we're on the, I'm on this fast for 40 days, and the Lord spoke to me uh, at 73 and 741. He said, I want to do a new thing, Isaiah 43, 19. Behold, it will spring forth out of Springboro. He said it would start in Springboro. He did not say it would end in Springboro, but he did say it would start. And so in 2011, we started meeting with people. May of 2011, we started building the lead team. And on Sunday nights for seven months, we worshiped, we strategized, and we ate pretty much it. And we had theme nights of food. It was amazing. Anytime you get around me, we're going to have some theme nights, okay? We're going to have we're going to have pizza night, we're going to have pancake night. We're going to we're going to have nights of fun. And so for 7 months that was that's what we did. We enlarged our capacity. Literally. <laughs> and uh, and so for 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 that amount of time we met, and through that time the Lord gave us an opportunity to meet with the school here. And we met with the junior high leadership, me and my pastor, and thought about, hey, we'll start a church right here in the school. Um, and so, you know, we've been faithful. So I met with, met with the junior high, and they said, yes, you know, we want you, you here's your agreement, so on and so on. And uh, so in January 8th of 2012, we launched Real Life Church publicly. And there was 187 uh, people at the first service. Again, that's everybody that loves you. When I started thinking about that number, I'm like, I don't really have a lot of friends, you know, 187 is like, you know, that included people from the community too. And I'm, I think we had a dog show up one week too. And we counted it. We was like 188, 189. So 187 first service. And then we dipped. We probably dropped to 60 or 70 people uh, continually uh, it, for a while we had to build. And then in 2018, so 2012 to 2018, 2018, we saw land up on uh, social Railroad, where we was going to purchase a piece of property. And what I'm going to tell you today, I don't want to get your hopes up. We're not building a building right now. Okay, so I want to go ahead and smash that because first off, it's way expensive. I met with several builders. They won't even bid it for me because it's so expensive right now. And we're just going to trust the Lord with this next step of where we're going. And so um, we purchased the land on Social Row Road. In 2020, we, uh, we had a goal uh, before Easter to pay the land off. And so in 2020, prior to COVID, 
uh, we were able to pay off our land up there on Social Railroad. Seven acres paid off. Come on, somebody, debt free. <laughs> debt free. And, and so um, we paid that off, and then COVID hit, and we had to pivot. Now, if you've never led anything through a pandemic, <laughs> it's different. And uh, so I feel like our team has done really well through the pandemic. Um, we just started thinking creatively. We, we turned and pivoted, went online extra, did a bunch of extra online. Uh, we were making Easter boxes for uh, that first Easter where we had to make all those boxes together. And we had people come serve during that time, make boxes. And, and we got boxes to use so we could have Easter online. And, and uh, man, Jesus. Then we had Mother's Day. We had cupcakes. We delivered cupcakes to all the moms. We had Father's Day. I think we had some burlap root beer with pretzels we delivered to all the dads during that time. Then we had Christmas Eve, and we did Christmas Eve boxes. And, and uh, I, I, can I confess to you, during Christmas, I about lost my salvation. The company we were working with for our ornaments called me and said, you're not going to have your ornaments for Christmas. I said, bull, we will have our instrument. We will have them for Easter or for Christmas. And I'm like, they're like, no, you're not going to have it. I said, you're, well, we're going to have it because you're about to ruin Christmas. And so, uh, anyway, within, uh, you know, I got on the phone with somebody. He's like, no, we can't talk to production. I said, you're going to talk to production, and you're going to find where are my ornaments. You don't understand, sir. In Jesus' name, where's my ornaments? And so, finally, finally within, I, and he's like, well, sir, maybe I'll have somebody call you over the, after the weekend on Monday. This was a, a Friday. I said, no, you don't understand. I want to call by 5 o'clock today and you tell me where my ornaments are in that tone of voice. I love you. I was getting fired up. I'd already led through COVID. It was December. I was fired up. And so within by, by 3 o'clock that afternoon, it was like three hours later, the CEO of the company called. Come on, somebody. And he called me on the phone and he's like, hey, sir, listen up. Uh, you know, here's what's happening. We had some COVID-related distribution problems. He said, but I got good news for you. I said, I like that tone. He said, we're going to get your ornaments out, and they'll be here within the next 48 hours, and you'll have them to distribute to your church family. And I said, by God, you are. And how much is the discount on that one, brother? They were like, 15% off. I said, praise him. Send them on, 48 hours. You know, I was biting my nails, 48 hours. We got our bulbs in, our, our, our ornaments. And so we, we pivoted during COVID. We went extra online. We tried to love we tried to love our people. We, we gave during, uh, we gave to Springboro Community Assistance Center. We, we helped the, the uh, Warren County uh, Abuse Center. We helped people individually. We just went all in, hands in, during this season of 2020. I did not make COVID an issue. I understood it was happening, but we had to stay in our lane. We had to stay focused on our mission, which is to help people take next steps, to become passionate, thriving followers of Jesus. Now, our present day in 2021, if everybody attends twice a month, which that's a miracle, twice a month, we'll have 354 people that call Real Life Church their home church. Come on, somebody. That's a big deal right there. 354, and that includes little ones and everything. Again, I count everything that moves. If that pole moves, I'm counting it, 355. So we have 354 people who are actively attending at least twice a month. Uh, that number, again, why do you have to measure twice a month and not weekly? Because most people only come twice a month. And I tell you what, praise God for that. Because the national statistic prior to COVID was one time every four to six weeks did people actually come to church in America. So I praise God for that, that, that 
two times a month. I'd love to see you increase it, but anyway. So 2021. And, uh, and so in uh, 2022, uh, we'll be celebrating 10 years. And so, yeah, that's a big deal. Thank you for the woohoo. <laughs> and, uh, and so over the last couple, couple weeks, uh, the Lord's just been dealing with me prior to this, this series that I'm doing from here to there. I did not know that we were gonna be presented with an opportunity to move from here to there. And so we're not getting a building. Okay, we're not, um, we're not building a building, all right? I'm just being really transparent with you on our next steps as a church. So our next steps as a church is we are going to be relocating to another school, all right, within Springboro, and we're gonna be moving our location to Five Points Elementary, all right? And so we're moving there. You can clap for this, because when I'm done telling you, you'll, you'll be appreciative. There won't be all this sun tanning in the surface. So we're gonna move our location, um, and, and this is gonna happen quick. A couple weeks ago, actually like two weeks ago, I stepped off this stage, and Mavis came up to me, and she said, Pastor, she said, I don't know, uh, but I saw you like Joshua. You're putting your foot in the water. The waters are gonna roll back, and she said, it's gonna be the worst time ever. You're gonna feel like it's the worst time ever. And I hadn't said nothing to Mavis. And so I, I took that and walked away. I'm like, you have no idea. Like in the, in the church world, you don't start stuff in the summer. You don't change things in the summer. You wait till the fall to do it. Well, this is the worst time ever. And so anyway, the, prophetically, it was, it was what we're supposed to do. And so here's, here's kind of the why. This is why we're going from school to school. I wrestled with this. I wrestled coming out of the junior high. And so here's a couple reasons. Number one is the main area. The main area when we set up and tear down from now on is it has a stage, so this stage will go away. So our setup and teardown team will not have to set up a stage. This goes away, okay? So it, this goes away. Lighting, we don't have to set up uh, big lights. There's lights in the ceiling over there that we'll, that we'll be able to use for our online streaming that we'll be able to use uh, that's already there that we will be using on the stage. So the lighting goes away. Come on, somebody. These pretty ones stay, but the bulk of it are chairs that you're sitting in go away. We are going to do floor ministry. I'm kidding. This school, this school has 280 chairs for us to be able to use, and the custodians are so kind, they're going to set them up for us on Fridays. Come on, somebody. Here's one of my favorite parts is there's no skylights. Bye-bye. I can't wait on the last day to look at these things and say, you've been a blessing for almost 10 years, but see you later, right? Because it just messes stuff up. And so we're, those, those are going to go away. There are some windows in the back of the auditorium, but they're going to be, they have shades and they're, they're only 12 foot high. We're able to cover those with our curtains, so we'll better bring the lighting down, which will create a cooler environment for us in the main area. Another exciting thing about the main area is the school is allowing us to keep up our stuff on the stage. So, speakers, you know, drums, all those sorts of things will be able to stay on the stage. We have a new screen that we'll be installing um, that screen will drop down. We're having a new screen. We have a new projector we bought. And so the, all of that stuff, the school's gonna allow us to keep it on. 
I don't think you understand. They're gonna allow us to keep it on the stage and all they're gonna do is shut the curtain. Now, we only have to break down the main area four times a year. Man. So, our kids' life area, our kids' ministry, we are going to have two carpeted classrooms that our nursery and toddlers will be using. So they have two classrooms now, they're huge. And so we're gonna have some setup things in there just to make it look nice for them. And so we'll be, we'll be doing uh, in the two carpeted classrooms, nursery and the toddler room. And then we have the gym, which will be where our elementary and our preschool. Here's the exciting thing about the gym is we are getting rid of, if you serve in the kids, how many serve in the kids area on the nursery toddler side? All that blue flooring is going away. No more blue flooring. Some of you can't appreciate that because your knees ain't been dirty putting it down, right? And so all that blue flooring goes away. We're gonna use the preschool side. They're old enough to, to hang out in the, and, uh, and, uh, uh, in the gym without any blue flooring. And the younger kids will have a carpeted classroom that they'll be able to. Here's another really cool thought with the gym is for 10 years, we've been rolling our kids ministry. If you walk back there, you're gonna be hot. Well, this gym has air conditioning. So I, I went in it and was freezing, and I don't get cold. And so we went in it, I've been in it three or four times, and so the, the, the gym will have air condition in it uh, for our kids to be able to do effective ministry back there. And then also on the back side of the school, which we have access to, is they have an elementary age playground we're able to use as well as a big pavilion that has, I don't know, 15, 20 picnic tables. So we can just roll up the Swan's, uh, Swans ice cream truck, hang out after school, kids can play, we can eat ice cream and hang out under the pavilion, amen? So we'll have that. And uh, so some additional benefits is it's cost effective during this season with our current cost reality. One of the reasons I'm, 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 I'm moving in this direction is it moves us three minutes from our property also. One of the things the overseer said is you're, you're away from where you want to be. So you're here, but you want to go there. <laughs> it's, it all works out. And so you're here, but you want to go there, but you're still here. So what I need you to do is I need you to pull up your tent pegs, and I need you to take your tent that you've been in for almost 10 years. I need you to move. We also, right across the auditorium, have access to, our, to the teacher's lounge. There's about 15 tables in there. There's water for our first impressions team. You know these people carry in jugs of water every single week who you can suck down some coffee. They bring in, they take the coffee pots home to clean them. They bring their own water. Listen, we're gonna have access to, we're gonna have access to water. We're gonna have access so our serve team that comes in to serve and to set up and tear down and serve during the week. Our, our teacher's lounge, we'll have food in there. We'll be able to bless the people that are serving and we'll be able to use the teacher's lounge. Praise the Lord, everybody. With the, with the change in the staging, and being able to have a real auditorium feel, this is an auditorium feel, but have a real auditorium feel, this is gonna be the first time because if we shoot a camera right now with the way we're set up during worship, all we see is your hair or lack thereof, okay? This will give us an opportunity to put our fabulous worship online now, we'll be able to worship online. Come on somebody, man, come on, that's a big deal. And then we have the growth potential. Right now, we can seat about 
all 200 in here comfortably. At that facility, we can grow up to 300 in the main area. Come on, so there's room for more. There's room for more. And so, uh, again, growth potential of 300 adults in the auditorium. So that's what's happening. You say, what are the dates for all of this? Our last service in this room, uh, or excuse me, our first service in Five Points will be July the 25th. July the 25th. That's a quick move, and that's, that's quick. And so what we're going to do is the July 25th is just going to be for our church family. It's going to be a soft launch. It's going to be us coming together to worship. You can see where you're going to be taking your kids. Uh, our setup and teardown teams are going to have an opportunity on the 24th to be trained. So your department leads, if you serve, your department leads will be in contact with you of what the 24th is going to look like because we're going to do retraining. We're going to have worship practice. We're getting our lights redone. We're putting, we'll have the screen in and we're going to set everything up on the 24th. The 25th will be uh, more of a, a, a soft launch and then we're pointing all of our marketing to August the 1st. And so we will go, uh, it's, it's almost like we're relaunching a new church in the community and that's going to happen on August the 1st. We're, point, we're pointing all of our marketing to August the 1st. And so um, we have, and, and, and so that's going to happen and we'll send out dates and we'll communicate these things with you. But, so August, so July uh, 18th will be. It's going to be the day we're going to pull these up. And we're going to move this thing down the road. And we're going we're gonna to get out of this environment. And we're going to move to a new environment. And God's going to do some really cool things when we get into that next environment. God is going to continue to set people free. We're not going to go in with this mentality of, of, oh, it's a different location. We're going to go in with this is what God is speaking to us. We're following the cloud. This is our next step. There's a, there's a ton of benefits to move in this direction. I told, our, I told our, uh, Vicki about the air condition when we walked in. Dear God, she just stood there in amazement. Air condition for the kids. It's important, right? It's important for the kids. It's important for the workers to have air condition. And so... I want to encourage you to begin to pray as we move in this direction. It's going to cost us about $50,000 to move. Another, another thing uh, that's really cool is we're able to keep one of our trailers, our kids' trailers. The school is allowing us to keep one of our kids' trailers at the building. So we're only going to be pulling one trailer a week now. Come on, somebody. That's a big benefit if you pull trailers. And so I would encourage you, if you're not serving anywhere, now's the time. We're going to have a whole big, how can I serve at the new location? And you can hop on teams and be a part of this next move of what God is doing. I know we, and, and another thing that I thought was really cool, I did a Google Earth of it, is neighborhoods. There's lots of people that live in that area versus, I mean, obviously the people here matter, but it's going to move us a little north and there's more people. We have people in our church that live in the neighborhood that connect to the school. I mean, they Man, they'll be on time to church, praise the Lord. I'm, I'm joking. You live in that neighborhood. You can walk to church. The point is this, is that we're going we're gonna to move from here to there. And I believe God is going to do some miraculous things as we move from here to there. Are you in? I'm ready. Let's do it. Let's take this bad boy and let's just start moving it down the road and move towards what God has for us. God never shows you the whole thing. He only shows you a little bit. He only shows you a little bit. Somebody asked me, why haven't you built your building yet? 
I'm real cognitive of debt. I want to be very careful with that. I don't want to just build something to build something, right? I've watched debt. I want to make sure that we're that we're not heavy debt side. And I've been a part of things that's heavy debt side and ministry has to go down. I will never not do ministry because we have to pay for brick and mortar. I wanna make sure that we do this correctly. We do it with wisdom. We do it with counsel and we do it in a way that leads us. And we're just, we're following the cloud right now, folks. And we're just gonna pick up our, 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 our stakes and we're gonna move in the direction that God has for our church. Amen, everybody. Praise the Lord. So on that note, if you'd like to give, we're going to go ahead and take up our offering. We're going to take up our tithes and offerings this morning, and uh, we're going to bless the Lord financially today, and this is a portion of our service when we do it. And so let's all let's pray together. There's many ways you can give. You can give cash or check at the giving station. Uh, you, you can text to give. You can give online. You can give on our app. However you'd like to give today uh, to, to be a blessing and uh, to, to obey the Lord in your finances. And so let's, let's lift up our pegs and move this thing down the road. I know as I present it to you, um, it sounds like I'm like, I'm, I want you to know 10 years people have invested. People's invested 10 years in this location. There are people that when we were the other direction, we had all this metal. Kip set all this metal up every single week, every week. Then the bolts would get stuck, then we'd have to cut the bolts off, then we'd have to leave stuff. And then, I mean, every week, somebody from this 10-year journey ha has, has got the church to this place where reaching 354 people through the month is really exciting. And I'm trusting the Lord for 700 people in this next location. I don't want to leak out of this next location. I don't want to leak out of it. I want to explode out of it. Let's believe God to fill it. Let's believe God for souls. Let's believe God to go to two services. Let's believe God to go to 700 there. Let's believe God that we won't leak out of that thing. We'll explode right out of that, and wherever's next. After that, we'll follow the cloud wherever God wants us to go. So, Father, today in Jesus' name, as we give, we thank you today for the giving hearts of your people. We love you so much, Jesus. Thank you for what you're doing in our lives, what you're doing in your church. Thank you for bringing us to this point. And, God, we love you. We praise you for it. We're so thankful. We're so thankful. Thank you for your wisdom. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you as you give this morning. Thanks again for listening to our podcast. Be sure to connect with us on social media, the RLC app, and online at livereallife.com.